welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey y'all, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, back in the fat. I had some PC issues in the middle of typing the other night, but one monkey don't stop no show. Because there were two others ready to go. I've been working on converting the podcast to videos for YouTube. It's not hard work, y'all, but it is time consuming in addition to everything else. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all of your sisters and brothers in spirit. And no matter the negative circumstances and appearances in this country and all over the world, those which may come, it is imperative that we all keep the faith, stay in prayer, stand strong, and push on a little further. And although the ride of this, our lifetime, may seem hard, or the experiences may become harsher than we have ever known, it is a must that we all anchor ourselves securely to the Spirit of God within us, establishing a personal relationship with our mighty I Am Presence. Because it's going to take that power of God within all of us to defeat the darkness and overcome the chaos. And I'm here to tell y'all, the power of God on the inside of all of us is real and can do it. If only y'all would believe it. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. Brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans, who do not know God and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being but God, the very God who gives you His Holy Spirit. Now about your love for one another we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind, who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, We who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. 
therefore encourage one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians 4 Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others, who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt but test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. And, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 4. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. 1 Thessalonians 5 1-24 Isis Unveil, Chapter 13 Some people have the natural and some the acquired power of withdrawing the inner from the outer body, at will, and causing it to perform long journeys, and be seen by those whom it visits. Numerous are the instances recorded by unimpeachable witnesses of the doubles of persons having been seen and conversed with, hundreds of miles from the places where the persons themselves were known to be. Hermotimus, if we may credit Pliny and Plutarch, could it will fall into a trance, and then his second soul proceeded to any distant place he chose. The Abbe Triheim, the famous author of Steganography, who lived in the 17th century, could converse with his friends by the mere power of his will. I can make my thoughts known to the initiated, he wrote, at a distance of many hundred miles, without word, writing, or cipher, by any messenger. The latter cannot betray me, for he knows nothing. If needs be, I can dispense with the messenger. If any correspondent should be buried in the deepest dungeon, I could still convey to him my thoughts as clearly and as frequently as I chose, and this quite simply, without superstition, without the aid of spirits. Cordonus could also send his spirit, or any messages he chose. When he did so, he felt as if a door was opened, and I myself immediately passed through it, leaving the body behind me. The case of a high German official, a counselor Wesserman, was mentioned in a scientific paper. He claimed to be able to cause any friend or acquaintance, at any distance, to dream of every subject he chose, or see any person he liked. 
His claims were proved good and testified to on several occasions by skeptics and learned professional persons. He could also cause his double to appear wherever he liked and be seen by several persons at one time. By whispering in their ears a sentence prepared and agreed upon beforehand by unbelievers, and for the purpose, his power to project the double was demonstrated beyond any cavil. H.P. Blavatsky According to Napier, Osborne, Major Laws, Kane Willett, Nikiforovich, and many other modern witnesses, fakirs are now proved to be able, by a long course of diet, preparation, and repose, to bring their bodies into a condition which enables them to be buried six feet underground for an indefinite period. Sir Claude Wade was present at the court of Runjeet Singh, when the fakir, mentioned by the Honorable Captain Osborne, was buried alive for six weeks, in a box placed in a cell three feet below the floor of the room. To prevent the chance of deception, a guard comprising two companies of soldiers had been detailed, and four sentries were furnished and relieved every two hours, night and day, to guard the building from intrusion. On opening it, says Sir Claude, we saw a figure enclosed in a bag of white linen fastened by a string over the head, the servant then began pouring warm water over the figure, the legs and arms of the body were shriveled and stiff, the face full, the head reclining on the shoulder like that of a corpse. I then called to the medical gentleman who was attending me, to come down and inspect the body, which he did, but could discover no pulsation in the heart, the temples, or the arm. There was, however, a heat about the region of the brain, which no other part of the body exhibited. Regretting that the limits of our space forbid the quotation of the details of this interesting story, we will only add, that the process of resuscitation included bathing with hot water, friction, the removal of wax and cotton pledgets from the nostrils and ears, the rubbing of the eyelids with ghee or clarified butter, and, what will appear the most curious to many, the application of hot wheaten cake, about an inch thick to the top of the head. After the cake had been applied for the third time, the body was violently convulsed, the nostrils became inflated, the respiration ensued, and the limbs assumed a natural fullness, but the pulsation was still faintly perceptible. The tongue was then anointed with ghee, the eyeballs became dilated and recovered their natural color, and the fakir recognized those present and spoke. It should be noticed that not only had the nostrils and ears been plugged, but the tongue had been thrust back so as to close the gullet, thus effectually stopping the orifices against the admission of atmospheric air. While in India, a fakir told us that this was done not only to prevent the action of the air upon the organic tissues, but also to guard against the deposit of the germs of decay, which in case of suspended animation would cause decomposition exactly as they do in any other meat exposed to air. There are also localities in which a fakir would refuse to be buried, such as the many spots in southern India infested with the white ants, which annoying termites are considered among the most dangerous enemies of man and his property. They are so voracious as to devour everything they find except perhaps metals. As to wood, there is no kind through which they would not burrow, and even bricks and mortar offer but little impediment to their formidable armies. They will patiently work through mortar, destroying it particle by particle, and a fakir, however holy himself, and strong his temporary coffin, would not risk finding his body devoured when it was time for his resuscitation. Then, here is a case, only one of many, substantiated by the testimony of two English noblemen, one of them an army officer and a Hindu prince, who was as great a skeptic as themselves. It places science in this embarrassing dilemma, it must either give the lie to many unimpeachable witnesses, or admit that if one fakir can resuscitate after six weeks, any other fakir can also, 
And if a Fakir, why not a Lazarus, a Shunammite boy, or the daughter of Jairus? H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 From now on, whenever you have a responsibility, or something that you need to do in your service to life, or your creation of something in the physical world, call for the beloved I Am Presence and the Ascended Master's full Ascended Master illumination of the God way to do this, so no matter what you have to do, don't dash into a thing with just the human desire, that you know how to do it. Yes, you might have done a similar thing many times, but there is a God way, a good way, a harmonious way, an invincible way, a perfect way, to bring things into manifestation without strain or struggle, and you may know ahead what you are going to require to produce the perfection you want to create, and then use it only for the fulfillment of the divine plan. This takes out of your feeling world all human desire and lets the eternal divine desire in your heart, the eternal desire of the sacred fire from the seven mighty Elohim of creation, the eternal divine desire from your mighty I am presence and higher mental body, come in as one activity of the sacred fire. And then when it flows out here to control physical conditions, it cannot help but produce perfection for you. This takes the work out of your daily activities. We have long, long reminded you to use the word activity instead of work, because work to the outer self contains within it a sense of struggle or exhaustion or effort. But I assure you beloved ones, when the sacred fire creates something, there is no effort in it that is any kind of discord or strain or struggle. You have no idea how this will help your health, because you will not work under the tension of outer world conditions to which you have been accustomed. Now, the habit of doing things the outer physical way is of long standing, both in yourselves, and in the race consciousness of all mankind, but our sacred fire power of creation is of long standing too, much longer than your human creation. So you can have our momentum. Beloved Elohim Cassiopeia I want you to feel how we can fill you with our life's sacred fire that has already created magnificent perfection for eons of time. If you study music for instance, or electronics, or anything with someone who is an expert in that line, you listen and you do exactly what you are told, and obey the law of whatever you are studying. One day, you are able to do everything that the one instructing you has been able to do. That one can confer upon you, or explain to you and within you the right way and means of producing that same thing, and you can produce what your instructor has produced. Well, there is no difference beloved ones, between that and our ascended master octave. The life we give you, the love we give you, the energy we give you from our ascended master octave, is the life, the energy, and the love and the feeling that we have used through eons of time to always produce perfection. If you will use this, we are giving you the security of life. If you will do this, we are giving you the security of perfection, and there isn't all mankind put together can override or overrule or destroy or desecrate our sacred firepower. So if you want the perfection from our ascended master octave, you have the open door through the sevenfold flame of the seven mighty Elohim in your own forehead. That's the channel through which we must give it. That sacred fire controls the brain structure. Its radiation controls the emotional body, and its enfolding love can control your muscles, your nerves, everything you do with the physical body, so what it does, it does in perfect cooperation with your mighty I am presence, with your outer physical structure, and with the ascended master's octave. 
I am trying to teach you today the divine way to live life, the original way by which you created manifestation in the two first golden ages. So I am not giving you something you have not already used in times past. This is not new. I am simply reminding you of that which you knew once, which you used in the two first golden ages, and it always produced the harmony and the beauty and the perfection which existed, and in which you dwelt during those centuries of your embodiment. Beloved Elohim Cassiopeia, 